chapter 1, and, and I want to talk today about surviving, in, in a, maybe thriving or escaping, I don't know what you want to call it, surviving a fallen society. Um, the, the theme of Romans is really God's righteousness. Um, Paul talks about, to the church at Rome, um, how God has imputed his righteousness unto us as sinners, how we can access and enjoy that righteousness through justification by faith and then uh, really beginning in Romans 12 I guess it is he starts talking about how we should live in light of the fact that we are now justified and we are righteous as God's children but before he gets to that in the first three chapters uh, he kind of in verse 16 and 17 he gives a little glimpse of justification by faith but then he begins to condemn mankind as sinners both Jews and and Gentiles, and he starts with the Gentile world in verse 18 of Romans 1, and it culminates in, in really in verses uh, three and three, or chapter three, uh, verses nine and ten, where he says, "This we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles." And uh, when the Bible's speaking of Jews and Gentiles, it's talking about everybody. <laughs> that's just that's getting everybody. Jews, there were Jews and Gentiles. And he says they are all under sin. It is written there is none righteous, no, not one. I want to begin reading and, and read a little bit more than we usually do in verse 18 through verse 32. So you can read along with me. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever amen for this cause God gave them up unto vile affections for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Uh, you could ask, you could probably ask five preachers 
I've asked several in the last couple of weeks uh, exactly who this is describing. And you'll get some people that say it's the Roman society, the society there at Rome and the culture at Rome, which was certainly a wicked culture. Um, you'll get some that just says this, this encapsulate or this, this is talking about uh, the Gentile world. Uh, some will say that it's talking about uh, from Adam and Eve to the flood. Um, we certainly see this taking place. And, and really, I, I don't want to talk about who this is exactly talking about today, uh, but to make this point that this is a, a, a cycle. Romans 1 is a cycle or an example that societies have taken over and over and over again. It's uh, the spin cycle of a society in Romans 1 that will leave you confused, uh, leave a society very wicked and very evil. And so in verse 18, let's walk through these. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. So this is something that we can see right here that God does not like. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against it, against ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now I want to notice with you uh, one of the characteristics of a society that is in this, this spin cycle of Romans chapter 1 is that there are people within that society who suppress, that's what that word hold means, is to suppress the truth of God in their unrighteousness. And I believe they suppress the truth of, of God because they are unrighteous. And do we not see this today in our society? And I think you're going to see, and that's what I hope we, we will look at today. And This is not a fun message to preach, or, or I, I, I hope I get some amens and some smiles. I tried to preach on the works of the flesh one time from the book of Galatians in an afternoon service. And I mean, that's just not a good sermon for an afternoon service. <laughs> um, so I hope it doesn't turn out like that. You know, you, preachers can tell when it's okay and preachers can tell when it's bad. That was bad. <laughs> um, but I think we're going to see that the things that we see playing out around us today are the things that have been playing out in society over and over and over again. It's this spin cycle, if you will, uh, of things that keep reproducing themselves in society. And it says that one of the characteristics is there are people who suppress the truth. And we see that in our education today. We see that in our media today. We see that in uh, whether it be uh, on the Internet, different things. I, I read this week, y'all ever heard of Snopes.com? It's like the fact checker or they'll... They'll tell you if the article's real or not, and I don't know who's checking Snopes, if Snopes is telling the truth, but they had an article, you can probably Google it today, and, and the article said that creationism, the, the view that we hold uh, at Vestavia Primitive Baptist Church, that God created the heavens and the earth in six literal days, that the earth is less than 10,000 years, that's the figure they used in this article, that that was the greatest and most dangerous conspiracy theory facing America today. That over 40% of Americans had been duped by this conspiracy theory, and it was anti-science. See, that's unrighteous people who are suppressing the truth of God in their unrighteousness. So when we see that, we shouldn't be surprised because it's been going on for a long time. Romans 19 says, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. Now listen to this. Verse 20, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. I tried to talk about being bored with God last week. 
Listen to Psalm 19, verse 1. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. If you say, somebody says, Prove to me that there's a God, the best way to do it is say, Walk outside, <laughs> take a look around. I, was, I went to the eye doctor at the end of the year. Um, it's a good thing to always go to the eye doctor every year because your benefits run out and you can't use them, by the way. <laughs> uh, so I went, and um, they said, would you like to pay $30 so that you can have the computer check your eyeball? And I said, no. And they said, we'll have to dilate your eyes. And I said, well, here's $30. <laughs> and so they did. They had this computer take an image of my eye, and then the eye doctor came in. She said, would you like to see your eye? And I said, of course I would. And she went through the, just the, the detail of an eyeball. And I said, you should go on tour. I told her that. I said, you should go on tour just telling people about the eyeball. I mean, it just declares the glory of God. We couldn't reproduce that. The, the heavens declare the glory of God. Listen, to, I wrote this one down because I, I don't want to misquote it. Psalm 14, verse 1 says, The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Now, you got permission to go look up in the Strong's Concordance today the word, the Hebrew word that was translated from fool, the synonyms that it will give you. This is coming from the Strong's, not me. Stupid and wicked. <laughs> okay? The stupid, wicked fool has said in his heart, there is no God. You'd have to be a fool to walk out and think, this all just created itself. See, people are suppressing the truth and unrighteousness, and they're without excuse because even the, the, the heavens declare that there is a God. Verse 21 says, Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart were darkened. Verse 22, Professing themselves to be wise. They were professing that they were sophisticated. They became fools. Sonny Piles, who I, I love listening to Sonny Piles' sermons. You'll always get something good out of a Sonny Piles sermon. I've heard him say many times that many people are educated far beyond their intelligence. <laughs> There's a lot of people with a lot of degrees. Rick and Bubba, y'all ever listen to Rick and Bubba? <laughs> I listen to Rick and Bubba. They, they got a saying that common sense is a superpower. <laughs> and that's true. Common sense is a superpower. These people profess themselves in this Roman one society to be wise, but they're fools. I saw a, I saw a commercial recently for a college in Idaho, and um, it said they were having class in person, and it said the boys are going to use the boys' bathroom and the girls are going to use the girls' bathroom. <laughs> And he said, we may not be scientists, but we know more than the Supreme Court. <laughs> Even people at the highest levels of government profess themselves to be wise, but they are fools. Y'all understand that? It says in verse 23 that this society changed the glory of the uncorruptible God. And the Bible's trying to make no mistake there that you can't, God can't be corrupted the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. It says they changed, they exchanged one thing for another. They exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man. They changed God's glory 
and they corrupted it to be more like them. C.S. Lewis said that God created man in his image and man has returned the favor. We've created God in our image. And, and many people believe in evolution. It is so true. Brother Norman and I were talking earlier, or excuse me, Brother Warren and I were talking earlier about technology and how much that has advanced and computers. And we have evolved in many ways in medicine and technology. But in many ways, we've devolved as a society. Man was created with walking and talking with God. And sin enters into the world. And the next thing you know, as Brother McNeil preached about, we're breaking off our earrings and making cows to worship we have devolved in many ways. We're going backwards in many ways. Verse 24, it says, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, this is some of the saddest language in the Bible. Listen to this. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. God gave them up because of their idolatry. God left them to, God left them to reap the repercussions of what they were doing. See, what we believe, who we worship, how we worship, that, that matters, right? It says in verse 27, And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one towards another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error, which was meat. And so we see that sodomite behavior took place in this society, which is also common in our society today. And, but we shouldn't be shocked by that, right? We should mourn that we shouldn't be shocked and I think the message of the gospel to people that are caught up in this is not you're a you're a you're a hell-bound wicked sinner the message is if you're caught up in that kind of lifestyle is there is a better way in Jesus Christ that's our message as the church it says in verse 28 and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge they didn't want to have God in their mind. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. That is a mind void of judgment. God gave them over. They, he gives a society over to a, a mind that doesn't know right or wrong. To do those things which are not convenient. To do things that are not fitting, they're not suitable, and they're not proper. And then in verse 29, he begins to give a, a really a detailed description of, of this society that's been given over to a reprobate mind. Here are characteristics, he gives over 20 of them, of, of things that people will do and the characteristics of people in a society that is void of judgment. And I'm going to run through those today, and we won't spend a lot of time on, on, on all of them. But it says in verse 29, being filled. Now, by the way, they weren't just dabbling in this, right? They're filled with it. They're full of it. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers. He says they're, they're filled with unrighteousness. That's, that's just habitual wickedness. They're doing what is wrong all the time. 
fornication, that's immorality, sexual immorality, wickedness, mischief, evil practices, covetousness. Here, here's, the, here's the definition for that. A strong or inordinate desire for obtaining and possessing some supposed good, something you think is good, power, money, fame. That's what people have been lusting after for all of, all of, all of life, right? For the existence of human history. That's what drives people today to do crazy, crazy things. Is something they think is going to be good for them. Maliciousness. That's hatred towards other people. A desire to hurt or injure people. Listen to this now. Full of envy. They were filled with unrighteousness. And I guess there was enough room that they were now full with envy. They were, they were discontent. Uh, with, with what they had. They're discontent with what others have. They're envious of what others have. They want what other people have. I wrote down the definition from envy from a, from a good dictionary. It says to fret or grieve oneself at the real or supposed, there's that word again, supposed, superiority of another. And, and I'm going to, y'all ever hear preachers that say, I'm going to tell the young people this. <laughs> I think everybody needs to know this, but be careful of envy. Listen to this now. Supposed, to fret or grieve oneself at the real or supposed superiority of another. You know what that word means? It may not really be better than you think it is. And, and, and look, I've talked about this before, but there is no doubt, no doubt that children today and uh, teenagers young adults are facing things that if you're 40 50 60 70 80 90 you didn't face i, I was at a, an event recently and um uh, the my state representative arnold mooney was there and um they were they asked him in this little round table about how uh how just advice on raising kids and he said i don't know <laughs> He said, we didn't have cell phones. <laughs> I'm just glad I got mine out of the house before they had to deal with that. <laughs> Social media can be used for good, much like, much like all tools. You can use a hammer for good or you can kill somebody with it, right? But I think it's hurting. I think it's, I think it's maybe doing more damage to our youth than it's doing good. You ever heard of social media influencers? There's people on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook, and they have millions of people that want to know what kind of toothpaste they're using, <laughs> what kind of clothes they're buying. And, and Satan is definitely using that to influence people. Listen, uh, to young people, you know what? Your body's not supposed to look like their body. <laughs> Y'all ever heard of Photoshop? <laughs> like, I could look good on the cover of a magazine with some Photoshop. <laughs> how about, how about to, to adults, your home is not going to look like their home. Y'all ever watch HGTV? <laughs> Y'all seen those things? It's like, I'm a substitute teacher, and my husband sells umbrellas, and our budget's $400,000. <laughs> 
It don't work like that. <laughs> All right? That's, that, that is false. It's, and it's hurting us. Our lifestyle is not to look like their lifestyle. It's Satan influencing us, okay? And, and it's true that we're all going to be influenced by somebody. We need to pick who's influencing us, right? In a good way. At Proverbs 16, 25, and this was repeated earlier in Proverbs, says there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. There's a way that we see and we say, that looks good but it's going to leave you in a state of death. Destruction, sadness, depression. That's repeated twice. So watch out for envy, murder. He said, he said they're being filled with murder. This is the characteristics of a society that's been given over to a reprobate mind. The act of unlawfully killing a human being with premeditated malice by a person of a sound mind. That's the official definition of murder. There were 230 homicides reported in Birmingham, Alabama in 2020. That's 230 people that were murdered. That's, that's just the people that we know about in Birmingham, Alabama. And you think that's bad. There are 16 babies murdered every week in the state of Alabama at the abortion clinics throughout the state. If you think that's bad, there's been six, over 60 million of them since the 70s have been aborted. Premeditated murder in our country. We are full of murder. Debate, that's contention in words or arguments. Do we, I mean, speaking of, have you been on social media? <laughs> I mean, people get bold behind a keyboard, don't they? <laughs> um, deceit, misleading a person, fraud. Pilate asked that question, what is truth? And I've been thinking about that a lot over the last few months. Where do you even go? For true information. You, I, don't know that you, I don't know where to go other than the word of God. Malignity, that's destructive. People that have destructive tendencies. Whispers, people who, who quietly and secretly spread rumors and mischief among others. People who just stir up drama. Y'all ever been around people that just like to stir up drama? <laughs> verse, verse 30 says, backbiters, haters of God despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Uh, backbiters, that's, a, that's another word for somebody that's, that slanders, that speaks ill of somebody. John Gill, in his commentary, says this is, as opposed to whisperers, this is more of a public defamation of somebody. Um, Y'all ever heard of cancel culture or deplatforming somebody? <laughs> um, that's real and dangerous in our society. It really is. And, and, it, and it's not us yet. The key word being yet. Y'all understand that? When you see articles that say that creationism, whether you believe it or not, <laughs> is the biggest conspiracy theory harm in America today, they're sowing seeds to deplatform the church of God. Okay? Haters of God. I think that really gets down to the... <laughs> That gets down to the, to the root cause of a lot of this, is they just hate, these people just hate God. They're irreverent towards God. Once again, John Gill said, deniers of the being and providence of God. They, they, they just deny that there is a God. Despiteful, they're full of spite, proud. They have, they have an unrealistic self-esteem. 
boasters, they brag, they talk about, a boaster is somebody that always talks about them. When the Christian way is to always talk about him, always talk about others. I wanted to sing a song today, I can't remember, I think it was number 379, or it talks about being, a, you know, there are songs that we have that, how could such a worthless worm as I, who sometimes am afraid to die, amazing grace, who saved a wretch like me. If you can sing those songs and feel it, you're in a good spot, right? If those songs offend you, you probably need to check yourself. Because we are but dust. We are, we are worthless worms in the sight of a holy God. Inventors of evil things. It says, it says that a society that is void of judgment will just continue to invent and just come up with bad things to do and bad things to use. Disobedient to parents. It's always interesting to me that that's, that's listed in that. But a society that's been given over to a reprobate mind that's void of judgment will, will, be, will have a cancer upon it where children don't reverence their parents. They don't look up to their parents. They don't want to be around their parents. They don't want to listen to what their parents have to say. That is, the, that is a characteristic of a reprobate culture. Verse 31 says, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. They, they, they're foolish, no understanding. They're covenant breakers. They don't keep their word. How many of you have had to work with contracts in your job? And you know what happened? A lot of times, I've seen this, a lot of times it takes longer to get the contract finished than it takes to do the work. <laughs> because we've, we're, we're in a society full of covenant breakers. Because we've been given over to a reprobate mind. We're void of judgment. I love, there's an Alabama song I love called Down Home. <laughs> it says, where a man's good word and a handshake is all you need. <laughs> it's not like that today, is it? Because we're devolving as a, as a society and as a culture. Proverbs 22 one says, a good name is rather to be had than great riches. A good name. When it comes down to it, that's really all you got is your name. Your integrity. It says, without natural affection, you're hard-hearted people towards your own family. Implacable, they're irreconcilable, they don't want to show mercy, they don't want to forgive, no chance of making up, unmerciful, no compassion towards other people. And then he says this in verse 32, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. In the woes of Isaiah chapter 5, this is verse 20, it says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. What a shame it is to live in a world, and, and, and hey, we've probably all participated in our own way in some of this, where we know it's wrong and we have pleasure when we do it. And now that is a depressing message. But if you remember at the beginning, I tried to title this surviving or escaping this type of society. Because the good news is we don't have to get caught up in all this. Do y'all agree with that? <laughs> now listen, 
You say, what can we do about it? I'm glad you asked me because it would have been sad <laughs> if I would have just walked off right then. Um, I want to go through a few things. First of all, here's what you need to know is you can't escape it. You say, well, I'm going to put up my house for sale and move somewhere else. It's going to be bad there too. You can't escape it. When Paul is dealing with uh, the, the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, this is verses 9 through 10. He's talking about a fornicator in that church. He says, I wrote unto you in an epistle not to keep company or not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world or with the covetous or with extortioners or with idolaters. For then must ye needs go out of the world. <laughs> um, we aren't expected, nor are we commanded, to like all put our money together and go build some compound out in the middle of Texas <laughs> where we're cut off from the world. Jesus would say things like this, Ye are the light of the world. Ye are the salt of the earth. Let your light so shine before who? Before men. What kind of men? Evil men. Adulterous men. Wicked men. Let your light shine before those men. We're not to be cut off from the world. We're to be in the world, but not what? Of the world. So first of all, you've got to understand that you're not going to escape this uh, in this world. But you can save yourself and your family, I believe, as parents. Uh, we, we, we can't, we, as, as parents, we can't save our children by the things we do. But you know what the Bible says? To, to train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. That's not a guarantee, but we can sure lay a good foundation for our children, right? Now, I've seen good parents have bad kids, and I've seen bad parents have great kids. And, and I don't know. I, I guess God makes the difference in that. But we can, we can save, if nothing else, we can save ourselves. And I hope you're familiar with this verse of Scripture. It's found in Acts chapter 2, and it's on the day of Pentecost. And Peter is preaching, and in verse 37 it says this. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What are we supposed to do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent. Repent of your sin and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off. Listen to this. Now, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Who's the promise to? As many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort. He charged them, he advised them, he encouraged them, saying unto them, Save yourselves from this untoward generation, from this crooked and perverse generation. If you look around today and you think, man, it's messed up. Guess what Peter was saying? He was looking around saying, man, this is messed up. But you can save yourself, you can deliver yourself, you can preserve yourself. That's what the word save means, it's preserve from ruin. You can preserve yourself from ruin and being decayed in the midst of a reprobate society. Now how are we going to do this? I'm going to give you three things that I think are key in this, and we'll leave with this. And the first is, we're going we're gonna to have to do it with God's help. What Peter wasn't saying to these people, um, you need to save yourself by yourself. <laughs> he points them, see, 
there's something that we miss here in, in, in verse 40, which I wish we had. It says, with many other words did he testify and exhort. Wouldn't y'all like to hear some of those words? I know who Peter was pointing them to for their help. It was the Lord Jesus Christ. It was God that, that helps us. And in, in Philippians chapter 2, we read this, starting in verse 12. We'll read verse 12 and 13. It says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Very similar words, that there's something that they are supposed to do to work out this salvation. And what they're saying, what he's saying here is you're to cultivate the salvation. You're to lay hold on eternal life. You're, you're to, you know, eternal salvation is no good if we don't use it in this life, right? I'm not, now, let me just stop for just a second, give you PB 101. We believe there are two types of salvation taught in the Bible, right? There is an eternal salvation. That is a salvation from your sins. It is everlasting, it is unchanging, and you have absolutely nothing to do with gaining that salvation. Amen? It is all by the work of a covenant-keeping God. There is a temporal salvation taught in the Bible. That is a salvation that takes place in time, in this life, from the time that you're born to the time that you die. A lot of whether you're saved from the ruin of this life depends on your actions, your decisions, your choices, and who you rely on for your help. And so that's what Paul is saying to them here, is that you're to work out your salvation in this life with fear and trembling. Some people say, well, is this, is this temporal salvation, this salvation that takes place in time, is it that important? Well, Paul says you're to, this is probably be the most important thing you do in your life, that you're to approach this with fear and trembling because the repercussions of whether you do this or not are huge. And they don't even impact you, they impact your children and your children's children. By the things that we decide to do in this life, they impact your church, they impact your family's name, they impact your society. And so he says, we're to take this very seriously. And then, but he doesn't say that we're on our own. In verse 13 he says, for it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. When we read of a world that's filled with unrighteousness and we read of a God whose will is that we would be righteous, guess what? There's a God that works in you to do his will. His will is that you do the right thing. You can't do it on your own, but there's a God who helps you to do it. We read of a world that's deceitful, right? <laughs> um, deceptive. God's will is that we speak the truth and love to each other. Well, guess what? It's hard to do that. Impossible, I might say, to do that on your own. But there's a God that works in you to do his will, to do his good pleasure. The things that please God, there's a God in you helping you to do those things. When the world is full of debate and God says, blessed are the what? The peacemakers, right? There's a God that is in you, that is for you, that is around you, that is... That, that died for you, that lives to make intercession for you, that comforts you, that encourages you, that pours into you, that wants you to do of his will. And so we've got to rely on God. We'll never do it on our own. There are, there, we will never do this on our own. That's the, that's the, that's the first thing. I think when, when, Paul, when Peter said to those people to repent and be baptized, 
One of the biggest parts of repentance is, is proclaiming to yourself and to the world that I can't do this on my own. We need God's help. Next, we need God's word. We mentioned Pilate saying, what is truth? The only place I can, I can, the only place that I can in good conscience point you for truth is God's word. It's not CNN, Fox News, Newsmax, OAN, <laughs> Infowars. I don't know where you go for truth, okay? Other than the word of God. Listen to this. This is 2 Timothy chapter 3. It says in verse 13, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. If you're shocked, I probably said this already, but if you're shocked by what you see in society today, you need to dust off your Bible. Right? We should not be shocked. We should mourn it. We should try to be salt and light. But we shouldn't be surprised. He says, evil men and seducers will wax worse. They'll become worse and worse. They'll deceive. They'll, they'll be deceived. But, he says to Timothy, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and has been assured of, knowing, them, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child, here's a good part of how we can save, we can lay that foundation to deliver our children from ruin. It says that from a child thou hast known what? The holy scriptures, the word of God, which are able to do what? To make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ. They are able. You say, what good does the Bible do? Well, I can tell you the Bible is able to make you wise. It, it will enlighten your mind how you can preserve yourself. Not only does it teach you about how you're going to get to heaven, it teaches you how you can preserve yourself from ruin right here and right now. It's, and it's the only thing that's going to teach you that. He says it's able to make you wise unto salvation, deliverance, or safety. And here's so, so we need God's help, we need God's word. And here I think is a, a very important, the last thing I'm going to say, and it's in 2 Timothy chapter 2, we need God's people. Make no mistake about it, we are all important to each other. Do you all agree with that? And I know we're in the midst of a pandemic and it's harder than ever to be together and things are different. That doesn't change the fact that we need each other's presence. In verse 20 of 2 Timothy chapter 2, Paul says this, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If, if a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor. Sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Don't y'all want to be meat for the master? Don't y'all want to be something that the master can use? <laughs> well, you're going to have to cultivate that. You're going to have to work that out. God's not going to do it for it. He's not going to do it for you. But if a man will purge himself from these things, purge himself from the evil things of this world, from the, from, from the lies... You know, just before that, he's talking about Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection was already passed and they'd overthrown the faith of some. And he makes that great statement, nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. What's that seal? 
the Lord knows them that are his. <laughs> Don't y'all love that? I love the fact that the Lord knows them that are his. I think there's going to be some people who are going to be shocked when they get to heaven about all those people that are there. <laughs> How did he get there? <laughs> How did she get there? The same way you got there, dummy. <laughs> Through the grace of God. <laughs> But in this great house, there are some things we need to purge ourselves from. This wicked society in which we live. A society full of lies, a society full of dishonor. He says if a man will do that, he'll be prepared for the master's use and for every good work. And then it says this, flee also youthful lusts, but follow. So we're to flee these lusts that are so prevalent in our society, and we're to follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, keyword, four letters, with. Y'all see that? With them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Child of God, you were never meant to do it on your own. You're meant to do it with them that call on God. You think, what do I bring to this life? Well, if you're a member of this church, you bring a lot. What good is it going to do if I get up and come over there on Sunday? Well, if you're a member of this church, it's going to do a lot for me. <laughs> it encourages me. Did y'all try to watch? I didn't watch football this year. I just, I, I didn't. But I got invited to a, an Iron Bowl party, and it's the first game I'd seen. And I was like, this looks like a pre-Nick Saban A-Day. <laughs> There's nobody there. And it was boring <laughs> to me. Maybe it wasn't to you because there was nobody there. It was like, it's, what's going on here? <laughs> There's something about being together that encourages people and excites people and lights a fire under people, Right? I tried to preach, uh, I was asked to preach a message for a, 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 an online meeting over the MLK weekend. And so I came up here, it was right before I got COVID, and I preached to this camera right here, and none of y'all were there. <laughs> and that is the most awkward feeling in the world. Because <laughs> God made us to be together. He made us not to be separated I don't think he made us for Zoom meetings. <laughs> They're good. It's like a tool, like a hammer, right? Y'all heard Brother Sam say, watching church on Zoom is like taking a shower with a raincoat on. <laughs> I think I told y'all this, maybe, but it's kind of like, like watching a fire on a computer. You can hear it, you can see it, but you can't feel the warmth. <laughs> We're to be together, right? And not just on Sunday morning, but our desire should be together throughout the week and maybe you do that electronically I don't know how you I'm not saying all this is bad like social media is not all bad but when I'm walking around Walmart teenage girls can't just shop they're like doing their TikTok dance all the way down the aisle I'm thinking something's going on with your brain <laughs> have y'all seen that <laughs> like but I'm not some old curmudgeon that says you can't be on Facebook or social media or or Zoom's bad or but it, don't let that replace being with each other because we need each other. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Uh, we thank you, God, for your word that if we'll take it and read it, we'll open up 
so much of, of, of what we see around us and, and make clear that we are pilgrims and strangers in a, in a world that is not our home. And God, we pray earnestly for our nation that you would, you would let common sense reign again, that you would, you would replace our leaders with, with men who would, who would look to you for guidance. I don't know the last time we, we had that, God, but the people that would humble themselves and pray and seek your face. And God, even though you may not be pleased to do that, help us to be the salt and light. Help us to be, let us not be people who pray for other people to do it, but let us be people who do it ourselves, who humble ourselves, who get in our closets, who pray that your will will be done. Let us be prayer warriors, the kind of people that this world needs. Help us to escape. Help us to save our children from the, the evil that's all around us and to save ourselves, and that we would do that with your power, with your word, and with your people. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Um, this time we're going to sing a hymn, and if you have not united with the church, or if you'd like to confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and submit to baptism, we'll give you the opportunity to do that as we sing. Do you have a number, buddy?